Hello and welcome to the Powerful Personal Brand Podcast. I am your host, Claire Bond, and on today's episode, I am very excited to be joined by Midori Verity. Uh, Midori has been running businesses for almost three decades. Whether she's consulting with startups to Fortune 500 giants, Midori's unique approach unlocks the potential in, entre- in the entrepreneur she coaches. Her most recent company is Fuel to Fire, and it uses a proven methodology to help entrepreneurs and organizations accelerate their business objectives. Midori, thank you so much for being here. Excited to be here and see where see what we end up talking about. Yeah. So okay. So I, I you have a successful business and you built a successful brand. When you were doing it, was it a conscious effort to build your brand or did it really happen organically? Oh no! I it, everything was very intentional. Okay. Uh, you know, I knew what I wanted to create. I knew who my target was, and mm-hmm. I knew I what the feeling and the story was that I wanted behind fuel the fire. Okay. So tell me about build, building that. Like you have a lot of experience in, so what happened? How did you get into, you know, how did you build Fuel the Fire? Where did it come from? The idea for it, everything. Yeah. So, you know, as you mentioned in my bio, I've been running businesses for a long time. And in the last, last 10 years, I've been working one-on-one with entrepreneurs and business owners. And so I see certain uh, patterns Mm-hmm. that cause challenges for entrepreneurs. One, they're overwhelmed. They don't have clear goals. They're not, they don't have product market fit. These are just, there's certain um, commonalities that mm-hmm. I see with these entrepreneurs. And when we went through the recent change and when the whole world went through a recent change, mm-hmm. that's when I decided I don't want to just work one-on-one. I want to be able to help a lot of entrepreneurs at the same time. So that is when I launched Feel the Fire with the intention to help them with the three primary areas that I saw, regardless of where you are in the stage of business, the three primary areas, challenging challenging areas that I've seen for business leaders um, and helping them tighten that up so they can excel. So that's, that's really what Fuel the Fire was all about. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so basically, what, are there certain brands or personal brands out there, like other business leaders that you really admire? Um, and if so, like why? What sets them apart in your, in your, like, in your mind? You know, the one that comes to mind just that we all have seen so many times is Richard Branson's The Virgin Brand. Yes. We just... Um, the last few months we went on a virgin cruise in Europe. And so when you, yeah. And and the reason why I'm bringing this up is I'm not a big cruiser, Okay, but I was with a group of people. I'm like, okay, what can we do where we'll have enough freedom and be able to travel and, and, you know, have a great time. And then the Mm -hmm. virgin cruise came up. I'm like, I trust it. Mm -hmm. I trust it. Right. And also it's sexy. You know, he has that red and you know, everything that Richard Branson produces or the Virgin brand produces has a certain feel to it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw that, I'm like, Oh, that fits us. That's Mm -hmm. how powerful that brand is. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, we, we booked four cabins for all of us and it lived up to what, what we were expecting. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a brand and branding certainly do help. So, well, basic we're, you know, into 2023 now. Um, 
And I know that you, a lot of what you talk about goal setting and things like that. So what are some big, what are some ways that people can kind of set goals, be intentional with their goal setting for 2023? Can you give some tips for that? Yeah, there's, there's really three big areas that they okay. need to be focused on and we'll break okay. this down. But number one is how to create goals that inspire you for the whole year, not yeah. just the first quarter, but for the full, full, for the whole year. And then number two, how to design your roadmap to get you to your biggest objections, objectives. Mm-hmm. And then number three, how and when to change course. Right. Mm-hmm. These are all things that we need to be thinking about when we are planning out our goals. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen it, Claire, with with entrepreneurs and leaders. They set these big intentions in the beginning of the year. They're super excited. They may get their whole team excited, but then somewhere along the way, they get off course. Mm-hmm. And then they fast forward to 12 months and and it's just so disappointing and it doesn't have to be that way. There are mm-hmm. easy ways to make it so that you're much more effective. So I want to go to number three, where you mentioned um, changing course if you need to pivoting or whatever you want to call it. I think that's like one of the things I see a lot of people struggle with, whether it's their brand or their business in general, a lot of times people don't, they're reluctant to change. It seems hard to change or they feel like they're a failure if they, if they change course. What, it, what are some tips you can give for people if they feel that way? And it can go the opposite way too. It okay. can go where you know, a lot of visionary types of leaders change course every five minutes. They yeah. read a new book and they're like, oh my gosh, right. we got to change our whole operating system and we need to change what, what our business is focused on. So it can go both ways. Mm-hmm. The way that you want to do it is you want to be very methodical when you set up your goals. And we'll talk about that in a minute is how to set up your goals so that they are measurable mm-hmm. and you can look at them objectively. So you want to look at your goals. What I recommend is every six weeks, you want to do a deep dive. You want to ask certain questions. And so that's what you want to look at. So let's say it's you know January 1st, you have your goals set, you have your roadmap set. And so you know what you're supposed to be doing. Six weeks in is when you're halfway through the first quarter. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say every six weeks. So look Mm -hmm. at it and then decide, okay, how close am I to hitting this goal? Am I on track? If I'm, am I not on track? Why is it because I don't have time? Is it because I need a who for my what, what is going on? And is it more advantageous for us to put more resources towards this goal at this point and really test it out more? Mm-hmm. Or is it clear that it's just not fitting? Maybe it's a new platform. Maybe it's a new, um, the type of writing that you're doing and it's just not hitting. So those, that's the best way to do it is just to have times that you schedule in where you are looking at your goals objectively and seeing how you are comparing. Yeah. I feel like that I've, n- I've never thought about doing, I, I kind of like every year I kind of say, okay, these are my goals for the year. And I literally, I look at them at the end of the year and I'm like, how did I do <laughs> rather than kind uh-huh. of checking in that? So I kind of like look at what I want to accomplish by the end of the year. And I'm like, did I do it? Um, so I like that idea of checking in regularly. That's a, it changes the game. Yeah. I've talked to so many, I've talked to entrepreneurs who are very successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was just talking with someone about three months ago and he said, you know, this is the year that we set our big goals. We had a plan in place and we didn't hit them. That's mm. what he told me. And, I, and when I said, well, I'm like, well, did you check them each, you know, every, at least once a quarter, did you check them? He's like, 
oh no, <laughs> we never did yeah. that. So yeah. These simple things, these simple techniques that you can put in place that will absolutely catapult your results. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll start checking those goals now. Thank you. <laughs> You're um, so you, you work with a lot of successful clients. What are some similarities between these clients? Like what makes, I mean, obviously everyone has clients that are, that are more successful than others. Obviously people rate success differently, but what would you say the traits of the, the top of your, um, your clients? Yeah. So what I would say is one, they're very, very clear on what they're the best at. So mm. this can also be called your zone of genius. Um, so this takes us to when you're setting up your goals. So let me just back up for a minute. So when you're setting up your goals, what one of the things that we work on in Fuel the Fire is using a system called the Summit Goal Mapping Framework. Mm-hmm. And at the very so think of a mountain. At the very top, you have your summit, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's where your big, fat, exciting goals are. When you get to the top yeah. of the summit, you look around, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. This is, you know, look at what I've done and look how pretty it was. It was worth the effort, mm-hmm. right? So worth the effort is kind of the key term there okay. because answering your question about, um, you know, how do you, what are some of the traits of the most successful entrepreneurs? Mm-hmm. They know what their summit goals are and their mm-hmm. summit goals are in alignment with their zone of genius. So if it's, let's say it's a solopreneur or a smaller business, mm-hmm. what are you really, really good at that you also love to do? Mm-hmm. For a larger company, you want to be thinking about, okay, what can our company be the best at in the world? Mm-hmm. Right. When they are clear on that and they put all their resources, the whole company understands what that is. They're going to be more successful. So let me give you some examples because I think this helps solidify it and helps um, people start thinking in the right manner about okay. this concept. So think of Philip Morris, you know, the cigarette brand. Okay. You haven't, can haven't thought about them in a really long time. Like, whoa, <laughs> right. out of left field. Yeah. It's, it's totally out of left field, but it's a big point. So Philip Morris, what do we know them for? Cigarettes. Cigarettes, right? Mm-hmm. So regardless, right or wrong, that company is very clear on what they are the best at in the world. They are the mm-hmm. best at in the world at, at highlighting sinful products. So not only do they do cigarettes, mm-hmm. they do coffee, chocolate, um, hmm. some other things, but that I had no is idea. what they're clear on. <laughs> yeah. So that's what they're clear on. Okay. Reynolds, like Reynolds wrap that we think of Reynolds uh-huh. used to be the leader in cigarettes. The really? difference is, yeah, huh? Is that they got, they started going after all kinds of different things. Mm. That's when their company went down. Now they have, they've changed their platform. They've gotten better leadership and wow. they're clear on their zone, on their zone of genius. Right. Okay. So that's just an example. Crazy. Um, talking about a smaller company. I've been working with this marketing firm for about three years Mm -hmm. and they, their zone of genius, their thing that they are best at in the world is B2B marketing on LinkedIn using very nurtured sequences. So not Mm -hmm. just messaging, but very, um, they're the best at the copywriting and talking to the consumer, right? Okay. So that's what they became best at in the world. And they are now literally the top in LinkedIn marketing. If you go Mm -hmm. look them up, they're at the top. So that is the power of being focused on what are you best? What can you be the best at in the world or what Mm -hmm. is your zone of genius? Okay. 
Well, so so say you, your zone of genius and what you're best at in the world. Um, what if it stops working, whether it's because the world has changed or, you know, LinkedIn is no longer something that people are using? Like, when do you know that something's not working and you need to make a change? Obviously, okay. maybe it's not so completely like, you know... <laughs> Yeah, this entire platform is is gone. But yeah, like how where how do you how can you identify that? Yeah, so you want to pay attention to what's going on in the market, right? You don't want to be caught blindsided and be blind. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Circuit City. Circuit City was the top company for technology, tech, you know, home technology. I remember products, that, yeah. right? Right, but now they're mm-hmm. gone. Because yeah. they didn't pay attention. They ignored all the signs. So, yeah. getting to your point, Claire, you have to pay attention to what's going on, right? Yeah. But you still want to stay clear on what your zone of genius is. What are you best at in the world and how can you adapt it and Mm -hmm. change with the market so that you're staying ahead? Yeah. The the companies that that fall down the quickest and, um, and have the highest failure rates are those that make the massive change the quickest. That is a, not a strong strategy. There's a lot of research behind that. Mm-hmm. So that's what you want to avoid. So keep on paying attention. What are we really good at? So let's get back to the company that um, I was talking about mm-hmm. for LinkedIn marketing. So we know that they're really good at, at identifying who the target market is and mm-hmm. how to talk to this target market. So let's say LinkedIn, you know, something happens and they shut down. Mm-hmm. Then they have to change their market. Okay. They can still do marketing, but they're just going to have to change, find a new platform, but they can still right. pay attention to the copywriting and figuring mm-hmm. out who the target market is. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So, um, I used to live in New York city and you'd mentioned circuit city. Um, there's a circuit city, anyone else in New York, you know, I'm talking about union square and there used to be a circuit city in union square and now Best Buy is there. <laughs> so yes. they're big competitors we're able to, you know, be okay. So it's an interesting, um, interesting thing. Yeah, it, it is. I feel like sometimes also, if you look at some of those companies, if you, if you kind of knew some of the back, back office sort of things that were going on, there were certain things that were just like, either people were super reluctant to change, but there also could have been other things that they were in that were just like, just tanked the business and they weren't willing to get out of it. So do you think that there's like something like that as well? Like you, you have to be like open also to, if you love something, it's your favorite thing, it's your zone of genius, but if it's tanking, you need to jump off that ship. (laughs) Well, I think we're talking about economic drivers, right? What are your economic drivers? What are the things that are making you the most money? And let's say cigarettes get banned, right? This is getting back to Philip Morris just Mm -hmm. because they're they're such an easy company to pay attention to, right? They came up with the the Mm E-Cigs. And it's awful what they've done, but we're all very clear on how their marketing has worked well. Look what's happened. Now they have this whole new young um, clientele Right. That are smoking these cigarettes that taste like bubble gum. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, not that it's what we should strive for, but this is where you're paying attention to what's your zone of genius. What mm-hmm. are your economic drivers? How can you adapt? Yeah. That, that is an interesting, um, I, yeah, I didn't, I, I, it's, it's truthfully like I, I've never smoked. So 
totally don't completely in the dark um, on all of that sort of stuff. But I do remember I'm a former, I, I'm a former actress and I remember um, my agent saying, would you work for certain businesses? And that was one of them. Because a lot of people that are very obviously anti certain businesses and things like that. And I was like, I don't know that I would feel comfortable working for Philip Morris. I don't know that it would be my brand that I would want to associate with because from a standpoint of being an actor, you do have to be concerned of your, of your brand as well. Cause if you are in, you know, like if you go into like X rated films that stays with you, you have to be right. Or you go, some people could also think of that and also, you know, think of Philip Morris. It's just as bad of a stain on your record. If, if you want to go down that path and, and be fully committed, I think that that's like, a really big thing too, um, is if something is controversial, be committed. And that is, that is your zone of genius. That's where you're going to be. And you're committed to whatever happens. Well, one thing that, that I think is really important about what you just talked about, you know, that's funny because I was offered a job at, at, um, at Philip Morris too. And I said, okay, no, because that's not okay. the direction I wanted to go. That was, yeah, that was a lifetime ago, but still, um, so when you're thinking about what your company is all about, what are you uh -huh. best at in the world? What's your zone of genius? When you're clear on that and everyone is, everyone who works for your company understands that you're yeah. going to attract the right people, right. right? So just like you're saying, if you were representing Philip Morris and your morals were not in the light, your core values were not in alignment yeah. with it, you're probably not mm -hmm. going to be the best employee and you're probably not going to stick around. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So when you design your company, be very intentional. Mm -hmm. What is it about? What are your core values? What's your zone of genius? What are you representing? And make sure that it goes through everything that you create in your business and that you mm -hmm. stay consistent with it. In fact, I was just talking with a gentleman yesterday who's incredibly successful, but he just left a company because they, their core values, what they said were their core values were family was number one, health, and then work. That's what they mm -hmm. said were their values. However, mm -hmm. the owner, the founder of the company was complaining. He complained all the time that the employees were not, you know, they would come in at nine and they'd leave at five. Right. And then th that they were, you know, when they had deadlines, they weren't going over time and doing everything else because the company was supposed to be about family health. And then number three was work. Yeah. But the owner was not living up to that. He was not supporting that whole concept. So mm -hmm. employees were not sure about, they, there was a lack of trust. Mm. There was a lack of support for the company. Mm -hmm. You can just see it. You can feel it in the company. Probably from what I'm understanding from this gentleman is not going to make it. Yeah. And that's the power of being clear on all the things that we've talked about. Well, it's not only like, but it's, it is their brand. They're saying these, they're, you know, it's, it's like, it's someone that's not like, you know, they're like, they say one thing and do another, but yeah, you have to actually, I, I talk about this with branding. People will know, even if they're not, if it, obviously they'll, they'll know if they start working for you, that's like a given. But if you get into it, people start following you or whatever, they will know that you are not truthful. If you say, um, I always say that when you are, have a great personal brand, you have to lead with altruism. You have to just give and want to give that will, you know, you will get things from that, but you can't be out there going like, I need these things. I need, I need people to come out. I need leads. I need, cause you just seem desperate. So I think yes. the same kind of thing, 
applies. Yeah, people are going to know. They know even if it's just in a video, they see it through your eyes. They can tell if you're lying. So it goes both ways, whether it's this is these are the core values of my business. People will. But if you're just doing your personal brand for your own business, if people think that your core values are not what you say they are, they'll know. It's true. And, and so it's great because you attract the right type. So we're talking about clientele now, right? Yeah. We attract the right clientele. And then th those who don't align with us don't come to us. So Chick-fil-A, I think is a really good example of this, right? Okay. They are very about, I, I believe it's a Southern Baptist the founders are Southern mm -hmm. Baptists, right? And so that's okay. um, a very clear type of religion. Yeah. And so they're closed on Sundays. Okay. And I know one of the uh, the founders happened to s make a statement about how they support the traditional family ideals. Okay. Um, so, which is a pretty bold statement, and it's going to repel a number of people. Mm -hmm. But those who do support that concept are mm -hmm. going to be more in alignment with you. And yeah. Chick-fil-A has been very, very successful. Yeah. You know, they're competing against. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was, I was, I didn't realize that they were closed, um, that they always were closed on Sundays. So I know that I was somewhere on a Sunday and I saw that they were closed and I thought it was weird. <laughs> I was like, weird, is it a holiday? <laughs> so now I know. That's, they were closed yeah, that's what they're about. Yeah. Interesting. But they're consistent. You know, yeah. getting to your point, Claire, they are consistent with what their brand values are. Yeah. So In and Out Burger is another one that has has values that are that are kind of like permeate through the, everything. Um, I actually there was somebody that I met in a group and she was very focused, she even like said it in her kind of her mission statement and her brand statement. It was very like, I help Christian women block. And it was kind of like she didn't the you know, all these other things could have helped other women, but she was very focused that she really only wanted to deal with Christian women. Mm -hmm. Um and it was just she's like it is who I am. I talk about it because I had her on the show and she was like, it is who I am. And I talk about it all the time and I don't want to have to make apologies for saying, you know, God and the Lord and all of these things that she felt very authentic saying. And I, you know what? It, she has a successful business because she stuck with it and she attracts, just like what you're saying, she attracts people that are just like her, that are maybe they don't feel comfortable in other situations because they also want to do and say the same thing or live their life in that way where they, you know, never do anything on a Sunday or whatever. And they don't want to have to apologize or say, this is the reason why. Yeah. Um, yeah. Knowing your yeah. core values and permeating, permeating through the whole company is, yeah. is so important. It is. It is important. Yeah. I, it, it is one of those things. And I think that because you, you very well versed in like a lot of these Fortune 500 companies in their, in their backstory. And I find that very interesting, but I, I feel like has, I feel like it's changed. I feel like younger sort of millennials, Gen Z, they care more about the values of the company than previous generations. Do you think that's the case? I totally agree. I okay. totally agree. They, there's a lot of research actually that backs that up, Claire, mm -hmm. showing that when you have, when your mission statement and what you're all about is in alignment with these millennials who are coming to work for you, you're going to, you're going to get better talent. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's quite clear that, that yeah. that's what's going on. It's, it's kind of something that I feel like a lot of people haven't being so clear on what they want is, is I feel a shift because a lot of times people were like, no, I want to help everybody. I can help everybody. I can do everything. And you're like, well, 
instead of being focused on like helping everybody, if you're very focused on who you help, there will be people outside of it that will want to come to you because of your kind of magnetism. But there's also just something so attractive about somebody that's like so clear about what they want and who they serve. Those people who, when they have a niche, a really tight niche, they tend to be more successful because they can speak the language, right? It's more like mm -hmm. the woman, the Christian um, focused mm -hmm. woman. Yeah. She can talk to her clientele and make her yes. feel as though, oh my gosh, she understands me, right? Yes. She's speaking my language. This is who I want to work with because we, mm -hmm. she gets me. Yeah. And so it makes more sense. And, yeah. and having that, that clear niche with your marketing, with your branding, with everything that's consistent right. will help you grow. Yeah. I feel like sometimes like uh, I see people that are, that are building their brand and they're like, okay, I have to do these things. I have to go on video and I have to do these certain things. And there's something about sometimes when they're doing videos, there's this, like, this kind of like glazed over, like I'm reading a script. I have no idea what I'm saying, but and I researched it so that I could I could be an expert in this, but I actually really don't know what I'm talking about. Do you know, so do you know what I'm saying? So don't ask me any more questions. <laughs> this is it. This is this what is I it. Yes. But I've seen like yeah. those videos and you're just like, what are you doing? You have to be committed and know it. And I feel like sometimes, I feel like sometimes, and you probably deal with the same thing. People want, they're like, this is what I know. This is what I do. This is what I've been paid to do for many years, but I want to do this. And you're like, well, you have to take baby steps to get there because going right there, it doesn't work. Do you completely? Yes. Yeah. You have to have. So along those lines, that's what, what we, that's what I'm about is setting yeah. up your goals and doing things in order. Yeah. Right. So what I see so many times is with especially younger or newer entrepreneurs, uh -huh. they are so scared about getting their clients, you know, getting revenue in right now that if something's not working right then, they're like, oh my gosh, we need to try all these things. I need to be on every platform mm. and I need to do, I need to do blogging and I need to do video and I, all these things. And what happens is they're spread thin. They aren't measuring things that matter and it doesn't work. And then they're frustrated and burned out. See yeah. it all the time. So you want to do things in order. So just really quick, let me just kind of run through what we do, what the summit goal mapping framework is because it applies mm -hmm. for anything. So whether you're building a brand, whether you're building a business, it doesn't matter. It's still the same. Mm -hmm. So at the very top, you have your summit goal, right? That's your summit goals. You can have up to three per year. Um, those are your big, exciting goals that fire you up every single yeah. day. And then underneath that, you have what's called approach goals. So think of the mountain, you're approaching the top of the mountain. So okay. your approach goals are broken down into quarters or 90 days. Mm -hmm. So they're bite size. And those are the things that you're measuring each quarter. How am I, so if my marketing, if I want to build my, my brand and get so many people following me, how am I doing on the, the action steps, which is the third component on the action steps that I've set to support my approach mm -hmm. goals? Mm -hmm. So that when you have this all written out, it becomes your roadmap to whatever mm -hmm. you're trying to achieve. Mm -hmm. And when you can see it and you're super clear and you know where you're going and everyone else on your team or in your company understands that too, you're going to be so much more effective. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that kind of the approach. I think of it sometimes like as attainable goals or like ones that you can like see in the future, you can make small changes to get there. I like those. Um, 
I swear I had something I was going to ask you and it just went wait, wait, right, right out of my head, but it's okay. You know what? We just let it go. <laughs> just let it go. It'll come back. I, feel, I know. <laughs> Hopefully it won't come back after we, after I finish. But um, I, I feel like we, I've learned, I, I've, I've learned a lot of stuff. I definitely feel like I'm kind of, I, I hesitate a lot of times to make goals, especially like crazy things. Like I'm going to, you know, yeah, like dry January or whatever, like all these kind of crazy goals and people, things that people do. Oh, oh I remember, I remember now what I was going to say. So one of the things that I always tell people to do is to have an omni-channel approach because if you're only commit, if you're only focused on one platform, what if the platform changes? What if you get deplatformed? Whatever. But you have to do it within your, like, you have to be real with what you can actually do. So there are a lot of people that will jump in. They're going to be, I want it. I'm going to be on every single platform. I'm going to do videos all the time. I'm going to do all these things. And then they do it for a week. It's exhausting. They stop completely. So you're like, okay, <laughs> baby steps. <laughs> like, like you're talking about to the summit. You've got to do these little baby things. Just do something, do something and then maybe add on to it. But yeah, it's re- a lot of times people are like, oh, I want to do all the things that you're doing. I'm like, I have a team. <laughs> like I'm not, I didn't start I, here. Yeah. yeah I didn't like start everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it was very, very, yeah, it's very hard. You have to be very intentional and, um, but it is attainable if you really do take baby steps and you really say, okay, this is what I really can commit. And even if it's so tiny, it's okay. Yes. Because at least you're getting there. Cause I, f- I feel like that's just one of the biggest things that people are like, but it's such a small step. I'm like, but it's a step. <laughs> I can't tell you how many people, Claire, that I've worked with over the years where they start with something like we'll figure out what their zone of genius is. So they might be really good on video or they might mm-hmm. be really good at writing. Right. So we're going to, yeah. we're going to build off of that. So if they're really good on video, then let's keep on working on it right? Let's keep on, on refining it and getting better and better. And those who stick with that and they dive deep, this is why I'm talking about those quarterly goals. And then you measure mm-hmm. them and see how you're doing. And then, okay, well, if it's going pretty well, then maybe we double down and we put even more effort and more resources towards that. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the next quarter, we know that we're going to, now we're going to hire someone to do the video editing. So I don't have to do that anymore. And I have more time to yeah. create the videos, right? Or create mm-hmm. more impactful videos. And so just getting, staying with that, as you do it more and more, you might start off doing one video per week. And when you look back at it six months from that, from that point, you're like, oh my gosh, that was so embarrassing. That was hideous. I didn't know what I was doing, but where are you six months from now? Where are you mm-hmm. a year from now? Right. And you've, you've learned to improve it. You have your systems in place. You now know how, what, what, um, works the best for getting attention in the first three seconds. Mm-hmm. All of those things start to evolve when you stick with it. However, if you start with you're doing videos and then you're doing blogging and then you're going on to Facebook doing this, that, or the other thing. You're not going to become an expert or get known for one area because you're so busy trying to do everything and just it's not as effective. Yeah. I had a business coach that I I don't remember what the statistic is, but how many, like there's like so many hours, 2,100 hours or something like that to become an expert. So you're thinking you're trying to get to that expert level. Yeah. Commit to it and do it often to get there because I mean, some people are like, oh, Claire, you're so good on camera, but I'm a former actress. I've been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah, there's a lot of video, a lot of video, a lot of, a lot of training, a lot of classes. Yeah. It's just over and over and over and over. 
Um, and it's hard to go from zero to 60, just being like, I'm just going to do it today. And then you get so, you get so upset. Um, what, one of the things that, that I say to people, especially with video or when they're first putting themselves out there, I'm like, you don't have an audience yet. Really? Right. You really haven't built your audience. So let's just make all those mistakes right now. Let's get all those uncomfortable feelings out right now so that when you actually have an audience, you feel comfortable. Totally. No true. one's watching and it's okay. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> you practice. don't want to. <laughs> right. Hopefully no one watches. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's so true. And I have to say, what one thing that I hear from people a lot is they they hear these stories of these people who all of a sudden start doing video and, and there's a bazillion people that are following them and they're making all this money. The truth of the matter is most likely they, they were not an overnight success. There's, yes. you know, they, they took acting lessons. They did all kinds of other things that maybe they don't talk about or they forgot Mm-hmm. that led them to being successful. And I just mm-hmm. see so many entrepreneurs who get beaten down feeling like, oh my gosh, I've been trying this. I've been, I've been dedicated. I've been working on this every day for 90 days and I still only have three followers. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's, yeah. that's tough, but yeah. you got to think of the big picture. You need to have that support system there that is cheering you on. That's saying, okay, let's make sure we're sticking to this and let's look at what's working, what's not working, what we should be changing, what we should be improving on. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's such a, such a common thing that I see for yeah. entrepreneurs. Yeah, it is very common. I feel like there's been so many great little nuggets in this. I really appreciate that you being here, Midori. Like when, if someone wants to learn more about you, more about Fuel to Fire, where can they find out? Yeah, they can just go to my website, which is Mm -hmm. fueltofire.co. So it's fueltofire.co and they can And it'll be in the description box and the show notes. So you'll be able to click it easily. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Midori. I, it, such a great conversation. I definitely learned a lot. I'm, I'm going to make more of those kind of more attainable, um, goals that, yeah. And look at them more often. Cause I like that. Cause yeah, sometimes I'm like, Oh my God, I can't believe I totally forgot. I made that goal last year. <laughs> Just write it. Use a sticky, do something really simple. Just use a post-it, put it on your yeah. mirror and look at it every day. Those, those techniques get into your subconscious and you'll make yeah. choices to get you closer to where you want to be. Yeah. Um, so that's just one, one quick tip to put in your pocket like to it. help. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Midori. And thank you for listening and watching. And I will see you in the next podcast. Bye. Bye.